Happy Friday, theater lovers. This week's guest is Julie Cushman. Julie and I chat about characterization and how some roles have stuck with her over time, how to distance yourself from difficult content as an actor, and she shares with me a varied and vast assortment of shows it sounds like we should all check out when we get a chance. Julie is warm and high energy in an inspiring and contagious way, but my favorite thing about Julie is her passion for quirky pet-themed decor, a woman after my own heart. On with the show. So welcome Julie Cushman to Sarnia Famous. Thank you for being here today with your puppies. Walter Nugget, hopefully they will behave. We'll see. They look like they, they're ready. They can be very loud when they want to be. Okay. Uh, and thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm so glad I worked out. Uh, I can edit out puppies too. Sometimes I don't because I like having people's pets in the episodes. I think it's it's cute, but but I can edit For it out if needed. Guys, they're surprisingly loud. <laughs> they're just little, yeah. I... They're, they're little, but they packed a punch. <laughs> so, I gotta admit, I'm a little nervous to have you here. Uh, i a little starstruck by you. Always have been. What? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, I can feel the verbal diarrhea already start to uh, uh, build up in my mouth. So, I apologize. Um, I also... Thank Part you. Oh, you're very kind. <laughs> no problem. Um, I also like to say how I've worked with someone if I have, and you and I almost worked together oh. on. Uh, oh, I always want to call them the momologues. That's not uh, out loud. Motherhood out loud, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Like, okay, here's an example of when I'm struck, starstruck by you. I saw your audition. And you were just casually reading reading this monologue, and not a single person was was dry eyed. Like Henry was crying. We're all sitting there, like, why is she doing this to us? And it was an audition that you read. Like it was fantastic. Oh, thank you. I well, I remember asking because it was at the end of the audition, and oh, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Henry's like, hey, is there anything anybody wants to read? And I went up and I'm like, hi, do you just give me something to stick my te teeth in? Do I haven't done a show in a while? I just want something to play with. And she handed me that monologue and I read it and went, okay, no, I know this. I know this. I, 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 I can find this. And I, re I really liked my monologue. I was sad that it, we weren't able to do the show because my monologue was from the point of view of somebody who was a step parent and I, I am a stepmom and stepmoms are not always portrayed the nicest in most media usually you've got like a great big wart and you're doing something horrible and so I, I really enjoyed reading a monologue from that point of view where they actually cared about their kid and they wanted to do what was best for their kid. And it was for me to read that, I, like, I'm like, yes, I, I, I know this, I understand this. But also there was a part in it in the beginning where she's asked why she doesn't have any kids. And it's so beautifully explained, like she questions whether she's capable of it, whether she has the fortitude to be a parent, to be a mom. And you don't always see that. And like usually when 
moms are portrayed in TV, it's after they've become a mom. And I think a lot of parents have that moment where they stop and they're like, am, am, can I do this? Do yeah. I have it within to do what needs to be done, to stick by my guns, to do what is best for my child? And that is so heartbreaking and honest. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yes, let's, I, I wanted people to see that. And so maybe one day we'll get to do it and people will get to see that monologue, but Thank you. I, I really like that monologue. It was like, I really, really got to work with it with Henry for one rehearsal, but I really enjoyed it. I was, yeah, I was sad that we didn't get to do it, but I, and there were so many different wonderful monologues and so many of them could be the way they were interpreted. And it's just, I, I really enjoyed the challenge and the chance to be in it for a little bit at the very least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I even got a little misty-eyed when you were talking about that and that what a powerful experience when a monologue is chosen for you and you connect to it so mm-hmm. so deeply uh, and it obviously it came through. Uh, was Henry aware of your, your parental situation when she chose it for you? Um, I think she just read it and she said, why don't you do this one? She's like, oh wait, you're stepmom, aren't you? I'm like, yep. <laughs> Okay. Henry's a stepmother as well, so huh. so like, there's a bunch of us out there. You just don't know it. <laughs> huh? That that's interesting. I mean, I'm terrified of being a mom, a stepmom, any of that kind of mom land. So, uh, utmost respect for it. I am very happy being a cat mom, and even that sometimes the pressure of that gets to me. So, man, they want what they want when they want it. As you can see with this little one here. <laughs> She wanted it in my lap right right now. So thank you. She's cleaning my nose. This is nice. <laughs> thank you. Um, but I I mean, I think the first time I saw you on a hocus pocus mug, love it. Yeah. A muck, a muck, a muck. Sanderson, um Massachusetts oh, the, oh. Museum. Oh the the museum. The witch museum. Oh. That's fantastic. Yeah. Damn, which is the entire reason why I got the mug. Because like, I got it like at the mall. Like I didn't get it anywhere particular. But yeah, I'm like, oh, this looks like merch from the actual museum in the movie. So therefore I had to have it. I dig it. Usually I have a wiener dog cup. <laughs> and everything is usually like, where is it? Everything has wiener dogs on it. <laughs> it's a pillow with a Sherlock wiener dog. I love. Because I, uh... I love dogs and I love murder mysteries. That's fantastic. Uh, you can't, there's no cat stuff in my office, which is a shock actually, but our house is littered, if not completely plastered with cat stuff. My husband is just as bad as I am, so that that's nice <laughs> to see someone else with that stuff. Um, but I was going to say before I got distracted by your cool mug, that you... The first time, that's cat hair flying all over. The first time I think I saw you on stage was Evil Dead. And you were the, uh, was it the evil sister? Yes, I played Cheryl. The demon. And that was friggin' fantastic. I was laughing my butt off. Oh, thank you. It was so much fun. That That was a labor of love. And such a fun show. And Cheryl, Cheryl, had ever, I've seen the show at least five times in different places, different productions of it. 
And I have loved Cheryl from the very beginning. She is batshit crazy. And I adore her. And it, oh, she's so much fun. But you got to be the Wicked Witch. Like, so much fun. That was pretty fun. I won't lie to you. Being, being the bad guy. Oh, yeah. And getting to F up everybody. Because I literally did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I quite like being the bad guy. That uh, I don't mind being typecast in that. It'd be a lot of fun. Oh, she was so, oh, so much fun. And you could just get, she could just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And she was just so much fun. I got to beat the crap out of the boys. I was, she was the big bat, you know, in a, in like a video game where you have all the other bad guys, the little ones, and then you get to the big boss big at bad. the end. Yeah. Cheryl big boss and so I got a great big bloody death and oh it was just it was so much fun and it took a long time to get the theater to actually do the show and I swear I anytime I saw Jane Janes for like years it was just before or just after going out of town to see the show and I'd have like fake blood on my arm and I'm like yeah we just got back it was so much fun I'm surprised it took a long time, being that it's such a, a cult classic. I am curious, though, having seen it five times and obviously being passionate about it, how did you go about the character? Were you true to what you'd seen before, or were you trying to bring something personal or a combination? Um, I don't know. Like, Obviously, because we had seen it so many times, and like... I've seen the movie so many times and I've read uh, the books uh, that uh, Bruce Campbell has written. I've read a bunch of those. And so it was a lot of like, it was just 10 years of stuff. And she was just literally, you, it was like throwing paint on a wall. Like you just threw everything at her and that's what she was. And like, she's literally a little demon that lives in my brain. Like I, like, I didn't want to let go of her at the end of it. And so in my, in my head, she literally is just sitting there cross-legged flipping everybody off. But like, and we, well, and we did like, we did the, the fight choreography. We had like the dance choreography. We had like, safety was very important uh, throughout that because with having the stage wet. Um, but and then we got to have the squids and all the fake blood and then the, um, like certain specific blood that had to go in very certain specific spots was actually, you know, those things you put weed killer in the backpacks oh, and you yeah. spray them out. That's how they did. We did a bunch of the fake blood because it had to go in certain areas. Like, so we wouldn't hit mics because uh, Ash is cutting off his hand or cutting off uh, Linda's head. And so it would be cat uh, uh, <laughs> with, the the backpack on hidden underneath something squirting it up through a <laughs> hole to make sure you it got really big and you could see it all and looked awesome but wouldn't also hit a mic and not fry mic yeah oh my gosh because those mics are delicate for sure so like his sweat can short circuit them sometimes never mm -hmm. mind some kind Very of viscous but, but we wanted to obviously give the audience what they came for. Yeah. You come to see Evil Dead and get a little bit of blood. You come to get drenched. And then, um, oh, well, one thing we saw when we went to 
because we saw it a couple time in, times in Detroit, and when they came to do their um, their uh, bows, they would have ketchup bottles filled with fake blood. <laughs> and we always sat in the front row. And one time, I barely got any blood on me, and I was so disappointed. And I think it was very obvious I was sad. So the guy playing Scott came and dumped his entire bottle on my head. <laughs> So then when we did ours, we had like super soakers and water guns. And I came out with the backpack on spraying everybody. Like we couldn't hear the music from people <laughs> screaming. I'm like, like, we have to do the little encore at the end after we all come out and bow. It's like, da -da -da -da. And I couldn't hear the music because the audience was just losing their mind. And it, oh, it's like, the show was fun to begin with and then you get an audience in and they just pump you up to the sky because they are so excited to be there like we had people travel from like hours away to come see this show because it's evil dead and that is the cult behind evil dead they love it so much i uh i wish i was that free like honestly the thought of being drenched in fake blood gives me anxiety like I'm sweating a little bit and when we were there we were about two or three rows behind the splash zone mm -hmm. and normally my husband he's a very tall guy so he likes being at the front row because it means his legs are free mm -hmm. um and when we got to that show I was kind of like this is odd we're we're so far away from the front row and quickly realized because I'm not part of the cult I had no idea what I was getting myself into that there was all this blood and I was like that you did good because I don't think I'd be happy. I just don't have that level of freedom and joy in my life. I guess that I would have been okay with it. So much. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm missing out. I don't know. There's got to be. I don't know. Maybe there's some therapy in there. But I can't imagine being like drenched in fake blood. Is that what it is? Is it, or is it the? Because I, I got to be honest. Like I've not seen any of the movies. I don't know anything about it. Is it the gore? Is it the camp? What What do you think has created everything? The one of the things I love about the movies and about the show itself is how practical everything is. Like uh, the set, it literally moves. Like when the set comes alive and the the moose is talking and the pictures are spinning, it's all right there. It's all it's the cast back there doing five hundred different things and the crew making everything happen. And I love practical effects. And when, the, when they made the film, which was like an independent film, everything was really practical. And I believe it's in If Chins Could Kill, they explain that one of the, uh, <laughs> uh, in one of the scenes where the, uh, the, the, the entity goes through a window, they literally strapped a two by four to the camera and ran at the window. <laughs> Huh. Which is not safe, and you shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's not safe. <laughs> but I, I love that tactile and, like, hands-on. I enjoy that. I love seeing things actually happen on stage, in camera, right there in front of you. Like, we used to do the pantomimes back 100 years ago. And they would, uh, Fred Hadley, who I believe did a lot of the, uh, the rigs for these kinds of things, who has sadly passed and is greatly missed, he would just build these things and so like Brittany told you about the the, the bikes for the fairy lights in a midsummer right. night's dream 
and uh, we did a parody of um, the Scottish play called That Scottish Play. And we never said the main character's name. We called him McBill. And so, uh, it was a, a one act written by the youth group. And that was the show we put on that year. And he made a cauldron out of a, um, a remote con control car. And he put dry ice on it. And so whenever the witches came out, this thing came out with them and would move on its own. And so it's, I love that kind of stuff. I love seeing it there on stage actually happening. And so that's one of the things I love about Evil Dead. It is very hands-on and it's so silly and it's over the top. And it's just, you're there to have fun. The music is so good. The, and the music, all those songs push the story forward. And so you never feel like you're like, okay, we've stopped for a song now. All the songs push the story forward and tell more of the story. And it's just so much fun. So are there shows that you haven't gotten a chance to be involved in yet that have those elements that you'd like to see at the Imperial? I can't think of anything off the top of my head for those reasons. Like, there's always shows that you want them to do and you're waiting and hoping that eventually we'll get to do them. But I can't think of anything. Well, I well, I did Little Shop in, in high school, and that was really fun. Because they built, I think, three or four different puppets for Audrey 2. And those are really, because had, they had the really big one that people could actually go into. Because... Okay. That happens yeah. at the end of the play. Yeah. Like, it doesn't happen in the movie, but at the end of the play, Audrey 2 eats everybody. <laughs> and so, like, literally, they had, it had to be big enough for people to be eaten by it and come out again. Mm -hmm. And so that was really fun, doing that show. I, I would do that show again. That was a lot of fun. Uh, the more people we have saying that, the better. That's one of my all-time favorites. And every time someone brings it up on the show, I'm like, yeah, keep saying it, people. Let's get that one. Okay, but you said there's other shows. What? Not thinking about technicalities or anything like that. If there was a perfect show that you'd want to be in for in whatever capacity, on stage, behind stage, or both, what would that be? Um, I I would love to do company. Company is a beautiful show. If you've ever heard it, it's really, really good. I'm not familiar uh, with it. No, it's no. on high. Okay. Um, my favorite version is with, I think it's Raul Esperanza. Okay. I'm, I probably just butchered his name. <laughs> but it they uh, it was done on Broadway. It was a revival on Broadway. And the whole cast. Now, I would not suggest doing this here. If I don't think we could do it. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> But um, all, the cast played their in, played the instruments in the band. The cast was band. And so they sang everything and played everything. Wow. It is my favorite version of it. It is beautiful and fantastic. But it's about this guy, Bobby, and all of his couple friends that have all, like, kind of paired off. And he hasn't found someone yet. And so he, there's his the three girls that he's dating. And it's a really interesting show. Like, I, I highly suggest... You can find it on YouTube. I, I actually found it, the first time I found it was at the at the library. I would go get DVDs out of the library, and that's where I saw Company First. So it's a beautiful musical. I love that musical. Thank you for the plug and, for the library as well. So that was great. Yeah. You can get CDs, DVDs, books, everything at the library. <laughs> well, that's the nice thing. It was a DVD, mm -hmm. and so you watch the performance, not just listen to it. Uh, and then uh, there's a play called Proof 
uh, which mm. was made in a movie. It had Anthony Hopkins, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Jake Gyllenhaal in it. And that is a that is a beautiful play as well. So I love the chance to get to do that. Okay. So for company, which character would you want to be, or would you want to be any character? There are a lot of female characters in that show. Oh, okay. I think there's uh like I think there's like four or five couples. So that's like four or five women right there, and okay. then the three girlfriends. And so the cast is almost even. Actually, it's a little female heavy, which you don't always get. Usually. There's more boys than girls, but, and if you've ever seen an audition, there's more girls than boys. And so that's, and all the parts in it are great and funny. Hmm. And the songs in it are beautiful and poignant. And so I thoroughly suggest watching. Okay. I wrote it down. And then for proof, same deal, mm -hmm. any character? Or was, was there something in particular there that you were hoping for? There's two female characters that two sisters. I would say I... I geared more to the younger sister, but enjoy, like it's just a beautiful play. And it, it has a lot of math in it, but it's still a beautiful play, even though it's got lots of math, because they're talking about a mathematical proof oh. and where that comes from. But it's really deal, uh, deals a lot with loss, disappointments, and trying to kind of refigure out where you're going after those kinds of things happen. It's a beautiful play. The movie's good. There's a movie, so you can always right, watch right, the movie, that, too. So then, when you're choosing to, to get involved in a play with the Imperial or, or in, in general, is it the play that get, that gets you, or is it a character, or, or is, like, what, what usually inspires you to get involved? It depends. Like, I've been a member of theater circuit for a very long time, and in the beginning it was whatever was auditioning I went out for like literally everything whether I was too old or too young for a part I went out for everything when I was younger it was like a good 10 years of just I'll go up for everything <laughs> everything and now it, like it, it it really does depend like girls like that I went out for because you never get to I've never had any of the experience where I've done a show with just women and to do a show with just women who were in my age bracket because usually they only need like one. <laughs> and then there's five of you out there and you're just looking at this, these other people and you're like, oh my God, she's so good. Oh my God, she's so good. Like, how are they going to pick? I don't know. And so it was really nice to do a show that was a whole bunch of ladies. Yeah. And the content of that one is interesting. And I, like Evil Dead I did because I loved it and it was so much fun to do and then girls like that was i i also like doing shows that make people think and can't, like when you watch it it affects you it it does something to you and I, i've directed two one acts they're both quite small but the one i did was called called the unwanted and i read it and when i read it it made me uncomfortable i felt like i'd opened a door onto a situation that i shouldn't have seen mm. and so i i like to do shows that the uh, that makes the the audience uncomfortable to make them think i want to entertain but i also i like making making people feel something as well yeah i think it was henry that was talking about that 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 was the original purpose of theater was more to use it as a platform for certain things in order to mm -hmm. get a message out and and that that's a good reminder of the potential of theater mm -hmm. it's it's not only entertainment 
can also be a mirror to make society look up like look at this is what's going on yeah you're too far into it and you're too you're too far into the woods to see the trees this is a way to kind of and particularly with girls like that to be like we need to be kinder to each other we need need to support each other because what we're doing is not good for anybody and like i really do hope the people that came because scarlet is everybody sees himself in scarlet you watch the show and everybody has felt like they were the loner outcasts that everybody hated them that they were picked on everybody sees that and they go into that but as the show goes on you hope that they see themselves in some of the other characters mm. and so you can try to when you look at uh like cassie's role i always thought in my and this was just in my brain that those two characters were actually very much alike and that's why they had so many issues that they had too much in common and tish because that's what that's called her character because they all got to pick their names but tish felt threatened by scarlet yeah. and if she put down quickly that she would never be a threat i hadn't thought of it that way that's incredibly insightful because it is uh you know a, a survival instinct i guess huh because you want to and then I think, oh, I remember just sitting in a group as the girls is that you want to be in the, you want to be somewhere in the middle when it comes to like guys dating. But it was like at the very beginning of the show where they're supposed to be five years old and getting their picture taken, but all in this little clump and Scarlet's at the bottom full stop. And so you want to be somewhere in the middle. So Tish is up at the top and she wants to stay there and poor Scarlet's down at the bottom. And then we didn't know what character we were going to get when right. we auditioned. It was Henry kind of cobbled lines together and through working on the show, people figured out who they were. Mm -hmm. I was the only one who knew <laughs> that I was Scarlet. Right. Yeah, I, that sounded so interesting too, how that kind of evolved. The unique approach. Did you feel kind of like you were missing out in that sense then, that uh, everybody else kind of had more creative license? Well, I, I, I think I had some challenges. One of them being that because like Scarlet's often the focus of a scene, but not necessarily participating in the scene. Mm. So she's there, mm -hmm. but she's not necessarily saying anything. And so trying to kind of put together who I thought Scarlet was with not a lot of dialogue, because I actually, I have my little book because sometimes Henry will do like questions and stuff with you and I like so I've got some of my lines written out and stuff like that. But I remember writing a note to myself and I can't find my girls like that script. And I'm very annoyed because I've been reading through some of my old stuff so I could remember some of the older shows I've done. But saying something along the line of like reading between the lines. Not what is Scarlett saying, but what is she not saying? What is she deliberately not telling you? Or I think there's a line about something about she doesn't tell her mother anything. And like, why, why doesn't she? And so that was something that I thought about. And then also because the, the audience, everybody comes at Scarlet, uh, at the show through Scarlet. Scarlet, like, some of the girls were very particular on, like, their hair and their makeup. And I tried to make Scarlet very open so anybody could come in and see from Scarlet's point of view. I didn't want to alienate anybody but still be true to her. And also because they didn't talk a lot, but I was still sometimes the focus of what was going on in the scene. I could never daydream. <laughs> 
Like you can't let your mind go somewhere because you're not talking, but people are still looking at you. You right. still need to be seen and work with the other, your scene partners and the other people in the show, even if you are not actively like saying lines or passing a prop. Like she had to be there. She had to be there all the time. That's such a good point. So that was, that was my, my challenge. Now there were times when they like all got to like dance all together and have a great time. And I'm like off at the side. I don't get to go play. I want to dance. I want to go dance. <laughs> I could go dance backstage. Huh. I, that's another thing I hadn't thought of in terms of like being on the stage and trying to figure out what to do with yourself so that you're still the character and not be interacting with, because that's so much of a play to me, my limited experience is that interaction with the other people. I oh, I could definitely see that being very difficult. Like, what do I do up here to keep that going? Mm -hmm. Like, how, and like, you want to be present, but then you also don't want to distract from yeah. what they're all doing. And so that was a challenge for me. And so like, I didn't audition to be Scarlet. I didn't necessarily want to be Scarlet, but there are so many different challenges of things that I haven't done before. And so that's you, honestly, one of the things that I enjoy doing is doing shows and doing parts that I haven't done before. That just occurred to me too. If the parts weren't necessarily created, how did the auditions work for girls? Was there an expectation of part of the script? to be part of the audition he gave us a bunch of them there's a bunch of monologues and then there's actually a chunk that was just dialogue and then sometimes she would uh, uh like they would have like highlighted you just read these certain parts and actually holla holla did such a good job at her audition she, it was just like a bunch of random lines that henry ended up making into a monologue for her because she read it that way and it was she job all my girls did a great job they're fantastic they did so good i'm kind of envious of the connection because there it is very obvious even though you may not see each other on the regular since each time one of you has spoken of the other girls in that show it is very clear that there is a connection and yeah it, i'm envious of it i it, i think that's very powerful and well, and I yeah. think we auditioned in, like, October, and then our show went on in February, January, February. We went to WDL in March, and then Theatre Ontario is in May. So we spent all of this mm. more time together and kind of building this show the, with the crew. And so it was a very unique experience. And so I think I think that's what it is that I look for. I look for new unique experiences to do but there's some things that i love that i would do again in a heartbeat i do evil dead in a heartbeat easy easy yeah love it would you do the same character or is there another character you'd like to try no i love sherry yeah <laughs> he's the best i like them all. i would play any of them like if we, i got the opportunity yeah sure but cheryl has always she's the little demon on my brain i love her but is there anything that you would change about what went down with Evil Dead with that character I would, or anything? I would have made her bigger. Even bigger. If I think make her bigger. Make her bigger. Keep her going. More energy. Bigger. Arms bigger. Take up more space. Because you're down in the she spends most of her time in right. the in the trap, in the attic. And so when she comes up, she needs to come up and be like Ugh! And so I would do I'd make her bigger. You can't you can't go you can't go wrong. 
So then uh, I want to go back to, you'd said that you directed two one acts. Uh, is, do you hope to do some more directing in the future? Yeah. I see directing as uh, like Harry Potter and wands that the wand chooses the wizard and the play chooses me. Okay. So if I read it and I can see it, then yes, I would love to direct, but it has to, I have to be able to see it in my brain. And when I read the unwanted, I could I could see all of the blocking in my head. So when I, I can when I find another show that I can see in my head, then I'll direct. Okay. So you're not actively looking for it. it it's if it comes to you mystically and magically, then that will be the sign that it's time to direct. It's it's just hard to find scripts. It's not something you can find. You have to go out looking for scripts. Okay. And the kind of crazy the last couple of years so sure. i haven't been, i hadn't I noticed haven't... i don't know what you're talking about oh my gosh good point yeah that's not something that i ever really directing is certainly not in in the cards for me because uh, i don't have that brain i don't you know i don't see things in that way and and i definitely admire those who do and even just picking I, oh it's just i i did it because i was annoyed they kept asking boys oh. to direct so when they wanted directors, I'm like, well, there needs to be girls. And so I'm, like, I'm going to direct because they need to have more girls. I love that. Okay, so there's like all these lady actors, not enough dudes because they're all directing. Is that what's going on? I don't think so necessarily. It's just I think in general there's more women in the population. Mm, and okay. they pop up come to auditions. There always just seems to be a lot more women than men. Interesting. So we need more shows that are all chicks, mostly so I can be in one and then have that connection with the other chicks. That's what I'm going for. So what what other stuff, like, in terms of, do you feel like calling it all for stage managing or, or getting more involved in tech stuff, or is it more the acting? I my, my first love is being on the stage. That fills me in a way that I can't explain. <laughs> But I, like, I, I did the youth theater group, which is different now than what it was when I did it. But we did everything. I did, the, I had to run mics for a show. Um, I remember doing the costumes, or helping out with costumes for A Midsummer Night's Dream. And so I've done little bits. I don't like being on the headset. Mm. I'll be backstage. I'll, like, I will run and find your stuff. I'll go find your costume piece that you're missing. I'll do where I don't like being on the headset. Now, once again, when I was on headset, it was still corded, and you couldn't leave. <laughs> so it's been a while since I've done that kind of thing. Okay. So the headset yeah, I, is more about the limitation of where you where you are. You've got too much energy, it sounds like. I want to go over here. I want to do this. I want to run around. Yeah. But yeah, no, back, back the, when I was doing most of that kind of stuff, like, I do, like, like, I can't sew or anything, so I can't really, like, I can be a dresser. Yeah. Like, I like I like the fast pace. Okay. I like, I like the ding 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 of which you get when you're on stage. You hustle, you do your thing, and then you get the hell off because else is coming on. Yeah, no joke there. So an- another common thing that has come up in these interviews, and I'm curious, knowing now that you're that high energy type of person who kind of wants to help in any way, do you find that you end up burning out sometimes because you are getting involved too much in theater stuff? Um, well, I've, I've had a long break. The last, the, the Evil Dead and Girls Like That were all in one season. And so that was 
a lot, like, because girls like that went on for forever. And so I remember the following year, there wasn't anything that really tickled my fancy. And so I was like, oh, are you going to go? I'm like, you know, I think I'm good. I think, like, there's some great parts out there. I don't think anything is necessarily for me. And this is a wonderful opportunity for more people to be able to come out and do stuff. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm okay. I'll take my little, my little moment. But then some people are in very high demand. They really, really want them and they get very tired. (laughs) And actually when we did that Scottish play, I had uh, one of, there was somebody helping out backstage and we'd only seen him during the run of the show. And I remember him saying that the group of us, the youth group, the youth group used to be called Stage. And it, was, it stood for Saturday Theater Activity Group Experience. Okay. And so there's a bunch of teenagers. We'd put on our show. And it was a guy helping out backstage. And he said that we were like a pack of dogs on a chain. And he had to hold us back with all of his might because we were just raring to go and get out onto that stage. And then once the show started, he could let us go. And then we would just go crazy. And then by the end of the show, we were all pooped. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot to sustain that level of energy. Uh, I, if I'm remembering correctly, too, you said it was like about 10 years that you were auditioning for anything and everything. So maybe that chapter, oh. that's done for you. So you don't feel that need to get over-involved anymore. Well, and I've I've had the wonderful opportunity. I'm very privileged to have, I've, got, I've gotten to do a lot of shows. Like, I've done Beating the Beast three times. <laughs> I've done uh, the Disney twice and a, a, a pantomime, a, a, one of the Christmas pantomimes. Uh, and so, like, I've gotten wonderful opportunities. So I don't feel the need to run at every single one anymore. That I'm like, it's okay. This has gone by so flipping fast. We're already getting close to that warning stage where my computer might go at any moment Um, and I usually try to leave like a a space of time for people to bring awareness to anything that they would like a cause or you know uh, side hustle or or anything at all really um I I I don't really have a side hustle nothing in particular to talk about I like theater stuff I'll talk more theater stuff I want to remember a couple some of the shows that are gone by Diversion did a show called Tate if you get the chance to read that, it's really interesting, but also, like, heartbreaking. I don't even know how to describe it. But that was a challenge because it is three people that knew each other in high school. They made up 10 years later, and a rape allegation is brought up. And it is everything that comes out of that. It, it is more than just that allegation. Like, the alleg- uh, like somebody is accused like you're trying to figure out if it happened what people remember how people look at things looking back what uh, people trying to tell other people what how they're feeling or what's going on and it is really intense and it was a really interesting show to do and so that one was near and dear and then wit which had george who we have sadly lost and fred we've lost and val hadley who we've also lost that is a beautiful show if you ever get the chance to see that one. It's a, a movie with Emma Thompson in it. And you can't go wrong with Emma Thompson. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> and then Gypsy. Gypsy, for me, was something that changed me. Like, I did shows for forever and was mostly, like, chorus. And this was a time that I actually really stepped out in a way that I'd never done before. It felt like I had been seen. And it's really weird because Gypsy is about the most 
famous striptease artists of all time. And I played Louise, who becomes Gypsy. And it's so confusing. People look at me like I'm absolutely insane. They're like, you played a stripper? And I'm like, yes. And it was like the best possible thing huh. in the world. I loved her so much. And I still do. She, it's based on a, loosely based on a true story. And I absolutely loved her because she was a no-talent ox. That is what she's referred to in the play. And she is not the best singer. She's not the best dancer. She's not the prettiest. She's not the most vivacious. But she takes what she has and flips the world on its head. And she becomes more famous than the rest. And the, the actual musical, Mama, her mother, is the main character. And she pushes the story forward. And I played the daughter that the story is kind of based on. I met Henry. I met Holly. I met MJ doing that show. It was a beautiful, wonderful moment for me. And I absolutely loved it. I loved that show. It meant the world to me. So was it just the, 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 the I mean, it's really too bad. What's that? <laughs> it's so, I have the script. Well, that's so sweet that you have it with you. I, I'm just wondering, like, it, I think it's terrible, you know, honestly, that we have this negative connotation around stripping because, I mean, women mm -hmm. have bodies that, they shouldn't be ashamed of showing off. Mm -hmm. So was it that level of freedom that the character finally achieved? Again, I apologize, I'm not familiar with it, that you appreciate For me, at that time, the stripping was just a matter of fact. Like, it was just what, what would happen in the end. And it was very tame. And she was known to have more teeth than strip. And she, the actual gypsy would tell jokes as she stripped she had a sh her her show was called or one of the shows she did was called the psychology of a strip teaser and she'd be taking off her clothes and making jokes and she'd be like lifting up her skirt and she's like well i'm lifting up my skirt with dexterity i'm mentally computing how much i'll give to charity and so <laughs> she's funny and witty and she was not the blonde-haired blue-eyed star but in her own way, she was. And so I, as at that age, because I was a teenager at the time, and why they let me, I still don't understand <laughs> how they let me do the show. I absolutely, and it meant the world to me. And I, I, I got to be at all the rehearsals because she's throughout the entire show. And so I got to spend time with all the different factions of the cast. I got to do a little bit of dancing, of which I am not a trained dancer. I got to do a little bit of singing, and I am not a trained singer. And I got to do all these things. And looking back now, the fact that she wasn't good at it meant that I didn't have to be. So if I screwed up, it just looked like Part of we the show. screwed up. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily that I sucked. It was just she's not good at it, so it's okay if I'm not good at it. And I absolutely loved her. And I actually had somebody in my drama class, when I was telling them about the show, they're like, well, you're demeaning yourself by stripping on stage. And I'm like, no, I'm not. It's not me. It's her. It's the character. And that's how I always kind of think of things. Like, yes, I know I'm the one doing it. I know I'm physically the human being up there. But they are a different entity in my brain. And so her choices are not necessarily my choices. And so I just adored her and still do i think she's fascinating so she's another another thing or another creature up in your brain alongside the demon maybe another little hey. portion of you somewhere she's up there 
I like that idea yeah. of kind of carrying them. They're just kind of up there. I like that a lot. And and it sounds like it was a formative character to play, especially in a, a difficult time. Being a teenager, never mind a teenage girl, it ain't easy. And No, and I was very much more, like, I was not a girly girl. I just didn't wear a ton of makeup. And in preparation for the show, I started wearing, like, more prettier, like, more tight-fitting, more prettier things to school so I could get used to people looking at me because that was something that really happened to me. People didn't look at me. I was very much part of the crowd. And by being Louise, I got to to grow up in that way. Hmm. And because she does goes from the front end of the cow, because literally she's a cow in the show within the show. And then she grows up to be this elegant, sophisticated, smart, witty woman. And I just found that so inspiring huh. as a teenager. Yeah. Even, though, even if she was Maybe because she was a stripper. She was, oh, she was just so smart. He had no formal education or very little. He did vaudeville and that's what, like, they grew, they grew up performing as children. And so she was just, if you ever had a chance to see the movie. You've given me a good little list of stuff. I got, I got more. I got more. Email them to me, sir. Email them. I sound oh, like an old lady. Music lesson. Music lesson oh, right okay. now. Oh, my God. Music lesson? The music lesson. Henry directed that. And it was set in Bosnia in the mid-90s during the Bosnian War. Mm. So then we had to try, well, try to learn, and obviously I don't know what it's like to be in a war zone, but I got to research and learn about that. And suddenly I, I jumped back to Gypsy again. I'd ne- I had never done research for a show before Gypsy, and I delved into every little piece of information I could find out about her, I tried to find. And so that was the first time I had done research for a show and then for a music lesson I read a whole bunch of different books trying to kind of cobble together the character I played in that Maya she's a I was older and was playing a 14 year old and so she is in Bosnia in Sarajevo where and they had a year-long battle within the city that city with it was in a siege and you literally had to go and they like they cut off the power they cut off water, so you literally had to go stand in line to go get water, and you could get shot by a sniper. And so you ha- we had to learn about so much, try to understand, and to be able to portray this story. And it is, and particularly in this time, it is very moving. And I, I, when we did it, I think it was during Crimea and what was going on there. And it really, like, it, it hits home what people are going through. And the main characters of it are uh, refugees coming uh, they've moved to the states from bosnia and so you've got and which you had a beautiful set and i haven't gotten to tell you about any of the cool sets i'm just like oh my god i'm so worried that my my laptop's gonna explode (laughs) this is something that i come across with almost every single interview is i i always feel like there's a second interview somewhere there because there's so many things to talk about that you've you've barely even scratched the surface and i i've just like puked it all up on you no i I was here for every moment (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I oh, am information. I'm here for it, and I I wish I I had more capacity to. But I just it's an honestly it's an excuse for you and I to sit down again in the future and and do a secondary interview if you're game. Yeah, I like I pulled all my old a bunch of my old scripts and got to reread some of my shows so I could remember and be like, oh yeah, this one. I'm so flattered that you did that. It's a lot to me. Thank you very, very much for everything, for, for being here today and putting all that effort in. 
for the interview and genuinely pardon i like to prepare i love that i should probably prepare because that was another thing diversion entertainment that i didn't ask you about that i meant to but we'll have to save that for the next for another because i've got like my my notebooks where i write down random crap questions for the character what they're doing what they're trying oh, wow. like verbing along Henry had his verb lines during Girls Like That where they literally just said horrible things at me and changed the connotation constantly. It's good that you're very good at disconnecting from the character and being like, it's not me, it's her. Oddly enough, that wasn't that bad. My hardest time during Girls Like That was during the run of the show and there's a line where they call her a hair ape and there's a man directly in front of me who laughed at a child. He laughed at her. He thought that was funny. He thought it was funny that they were calling her and Harry eight. And that, that time, Ooh, that struck me. Because that's a human living in our world. literally looking at me right in my face. And this, this, is a, this is a 16-year-old girl, and he's laughing at her. That, that one hit me. <laughs> Got the chills. Yeah, that's disturbing that he's out there. Yikes. He's just, man, sitting like two rows in. I could see his body moving in his laughter, and that shook me. Oh, it would that was stand out. It would. Oh, that's. I'm sorry, I made you uncomfortable. A little bit, a little bit, but I mean, it was only one dude, and that's what I gotta hang on to, right? There was only one one dude that laughed, I guess. Well, to put a little gamer, Julie talks about some weird stuff. <laughs> it's not it at all. It's not you that I, it was. It's just human beings that he's out there laughing at other people. I guess was more. Hello, puppy. You did good job, buddy. Yes, you did. Okay, I, I better let you go. I'm so scared this is going to explode. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for, for your time. Thank you for asking. I really appreciate it. Have a nice evening. You too. Bye. Bye, Okay, kids, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening in. Next week, I have my Wizard of Oz better half on the show, Hillary Duterjeerling. Hillary, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that. <laughs> See you then.